different gravy not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast I'm one of the hosts Richard Miller and my co-host he's a very busy boy we are lucky to have him direct from his place at the front of the freedom convoy on a bridge near Ottawa Dr Luke Gledall how are you doing today Luke I'm good I'm uh yeah I'd, I'd uh yeah thanks for making that comparison <laughs> <laughs> and you keep saying those flags are because they are the national not that you like that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no and. No and. Right. No and. If but. Yeah. Where, when, and why? Rich and is who? the podcasting equivalent of Michael Scott doing his improv when he goes, "I've got a gun." <laughs> I've got a gun. And then he's uh, told he's not allowed to have a gun, and he still whispers to the guy that he has a gun. <laughs> Excellent work from Michael Scott. Excellent. Uh, um, sorry about that, Luke. I mean, it's I, <laughs> it's topical in its favour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is it true. low-hanging fruit? Yes, yes, yes. It's, yes, it's the lowest of low-hanging fruit. It's, it's fruit low hanging low. so low that you should maybe leave it because can it be good and be that close to the ground? Probably. It's got worms. Uh, <laughs> how are you anyway? Well, uh, yeah, I'm doing well. Um, here we are kind of trying to do a first half record. As you've said, it's 12 hours and 42 minutes of the kickoffs. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, so we're recording the first half now. If we wanted to be very clever with editing, we could have a section where we like make a prediction of the score for tomorrow and, uh, and drop that in. So, you know, if we wanted to, we could maybe set ourselves a little like extra job as being like tipsters. We got, because we got this one score perfectly right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... No, that would be quite funny because I'm going to do the editing, so I could go back and then just I could just go. <laughs> what's your what's I your prediction? Then you just go three, one, <laughs> two, zero. Yeah. Two. Uh, yeah. Sheffield Wednesday. So yeah, you could really make yourself look good on a prediction basis. There, you could drop it in post match. I could uh, do anyway. Should we? Uh, should we get going? We'll we'll, we'll try and cover some some <laughs> breaking hoo hoos, and then let's do it. It's, it's, it is our want Breaking hoo-hoos. Breaking hoo-hoos. And obviously the mm. major bit of breaking that wasn't with uh, Tabletop Botherers Wigan. But mm. uh, just prior to that, a little bit of fun on the on the socials. Uh, Hutch and his best ma- bezzy mate Palms picked their bestest 11 each on uh, on YouTube. Mm. But, uh, it's, always, it's always interesting. I mean, Hutch is... Uh, He's a fascinating character. He's always sort of spilling little extras, uh, either on purpose or by accident. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, once again, an opportunity for him to maybe sort of quietly settle some scores um, <laughs> and silently knife other people in the back. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, this is a fun thing to do, isn't it? I mean, I, 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 it's a staple of, I think, sort of soccer AM is, and, uh, and, and Sky Sports is going on and picking favourite 11s have played with. Hmm. Um, I think what was surprising to me more than anything, we're, we're going we're, we're gonna to sort of talk through... Hutch, Hutch did his 11 first and, and subs, so we're going to talk through that. Um, and then uh, what's with Palmer's. But I think what was surprising to me, I, saw, I do sort of forget sometimes just how long Hutch has been with us. It's true, isn't it? I mean, like, um, how long? How long is that? I mean, I mean, for the sake of, I mean, we talked about like you know you could review a player of a decade, and effectively, 
for Sheffield Wednesday, maybe for better or worse, maybe that player is Liam Palmer, considering he's been here basically the same part of a decade, pretty much. But I mean, Hutchinson has been here a very, very long time with with Sheffield Wednesday. I think the the one that um, in particular surprised me is that he overlapped with Antonio. I can't quite get that in my head, really. Well, that's, uh, so yeah, so I mean, for Sam Hutchinson's Sheffield Wednesday career, it must have been, well, it was 13-14 he joined us, but I seem to think, was he a January? But he was, yes, yeah, I'm pretty sure. So it was January 2014, so I mean, basically the guy has been here eight years, eight years now. So, I mean, I, I guess there is a little bit of coverage for Antonio, because we forget that, like, you know, following promotion season, God, how many seasons of Antonio did we have after promotion season? We must have signed him on a pretty lengthy deal when we did sign him. When we did finally sign him, I think him. we did. I think we. I think we did. Um, <clears throat> I seem to remember we. I feel like it was only probably two seasons in the in the championship, with which Antonio. which makes sense because I think if it was probably like summer twenty fourteen, he went off to Forest. Yeah, in that timeline, you know, and also there's the really weird thing with Antonio: the fact that like he's. Oh, isn't he like one of West Ham's top goal scorers or something like this? He's there, yeah, he's their he's their highest ever goal scorer in in the Premier League. Mm. All time top scorer in the Premier League, right? So there is a bit of revisionist history in the process, but I mean, it's still well, yeah, because Skywatch has started in the Premier League. Every single record they ever talk about within the Premier League, not that considering the length of the story. Yeah, so Antonio joined us in twenty twelve. Left, in- mm. I mean fourteen. 40- well, he's got over like fifty goals in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty, pretty insane. But yeah, no, it's a, it's a strange kind of segue. Strange being like these players are here at the same time. I think I just don't. Yeah, I didn't. I I thought Hutch came a bit later. I, I I thought I thought Antonio maybe left a bit earlier. If I was piecing it together prior to this, I wouldn't have had those two characters mm. necessarily overlapping. Whereas whereas Palmer is also take has almost taken on the opposite thing, where it's hard to remember a time when he wasn't at the. Uh, He's been there so long, uh, you know. And and he he never played a game with Chris Waddle, no, never ever. <laughs> Chris Waddle kicked it over to the feet of <laughs> Leo Palmer. Um, Just needed the wafer thin touch that you would attribute for with a with a baby that's still in its mother's belly. <laughs> So, uh, I, I mean, I don't know how best to do this, but interestingly, I think the first surprise is Hutchinson does not pick Westwood as his goalkeeper. Mm. Chris Kirkland, Kirky. Because the, the interesting thing is, I mean, they, they said they went through this process and Hutchinson yes. kind of said that it felt unfair to include any players who are playing Look, now. Current players, yeah. Current players. Yeah. But I, I guess there's an interesting thing with that because they do do... As as they are mates, they give each other a bye to put each other in their own team. Yes, yeah. So that's one thing to kind of start with. But then, apart from I Palmer, think he's in he's in my team because he's my best mate. That's called. that's what it kind of comes out with. But then the mentality of being like it's unfair to even some of the cream. So like the fact that obviously by the process of doing this, you're including kind of a tier of professional. And highly paid professionals who include Barry Bannon, who's still with the football club, yeah, but is still notably better than some of the players they pick <laughs> within the team. So it's it's a strange combination to come. I can kind of see some of the mentality of why they're doing it, but then just thinking, let's like, like <laughs> my eyes are clapping on one member 
especially <laughs> at that centre mid that we can come on to. I think there's two people that really, really stand out in his team. So I'll just yes. run through it for the mm. folks because we've got it up on screen. Uh, obviously, the folks necessarily have it. So Kirkland in goal, Palmer mm. as Tom Lees, and Michael Turner as his two centre backs. Um, Pudil. <laughs> I feel like you're going, it is Michael Turner, isn't it? I can't remember his first name. <laughs> yeah, Pudil left back. Uh, Coke and Semedo in midfield, uh, joined by Wallace on the right wing and a floating Forestieri. Um, and then mm. Schwau and uh, Makeup. Um, he does name subs. Do you want to do subs separately or do you want to get into those now as well? Let's do the subs as well, please. Yeah, let's, let's do that now. Just get the overall full view. So that's where Westwood makes the makes the team. Makes he, the grade. He gets Westwood, Boydy, George Boyd, uh, Hooper, mm-hmm. Antonio, and then Guards, who I believe is will be Anthony Gardner. And I think they joined at the same time. I think that was the same January window. Uh, about so yeah. The, so the ones that stand out are to me Coke and Turner. <laughs> I'm also mm. surprised by Boyd, to be honest. On a subs bench, especially when there's a lot of um, there's a lot of developed players who you were before in in this instance. I mean, Turner came up with this. You know, to be like, there seems to be a favorite in terms of I think this person was a great player, and there's also a favorite in like I really like this person in the dressing room. This is someone who I really like. Yeah. So Turner is one of those people. So he's like turns is like is another guy from you know he's from the south. Also, Michael Turner is someone who we haven't talked about explicitly recent recent times in the podcast, but we talked about players like him, the experienced, decent, um, you know, experienced head at the rear guard who mm. is very well esteemed and is supposed to come in to do very well. I don't remember Michael Turner a great deal. I think also it probably uh, drifted in the period before kind of I follow while I was here in Canada. So I'm aware of that, but I'm aware that he didn't set... 11 times, wow. Um, I was wondering whether it was maybe more than 11 times, but I don't remember him ever really covering himself in any glory. It wasn't a particularly great transfer. One cup game. So it's 12 appearances in total, 11. It's quite an impression to leave on on Hutch when he's been at the club for now seven years and change. I know them being current players. Okay, that's fair enough. So who who else in the process? You're basically looking over Leuven's at this point. Leuven's is a big one, yeah. You know, Gardner had a much more better effect yeah, in a very limited exactly. scope for Sheffield Wednesday than Michael Turner, and you've looked over him there. So, like, it, it, it still baffles me in so many ways. I know the mentality of what we're doing here. I know what they're doing. But still, there's so many questions that come up with an exercise yeah. like this. Yeah. So, yeah, intriguing. Um... And again, Giles Coke. I mean, who else have we really had in the centre mid side of... Who of the centre mids have we looked over that have had a, a bigger impression than Giles Coke? How about Lopez? You remember Alex Lopez? Yeah, Lopez was fantastic, wasn't it? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, al- and also the funny thing is, they go through this... like unreliable person as well. Uh, Coke... Coke uh, Palmer sort of says at one point that they were coming into the batches together and he uh, coming in tr- to training together and he, he figured out that basically a good idea but any time Coke was in charge you were late so not even someone that you could kind of go oh he's a good pro um, it seems <laughs> but still mm. still making the cut making the grade above some pretty someone who you are actively avoiding because he's going to put a jeopardy on your own professional career and your association 
Yes, yeah. Which is so a you... strong, strong word to say about uh, fellow Sheffield Wednesday podcast host, Charles Coke. But, <laughs> but I, I mean, it, there's a lot of people you've looked over in that process. So, I mean, for instance, there's no Kieran Lee. I think he does talk about that being like, oh, he, he sort of excuses himself by saying, oh, that feels like he's still a player or something. He's, he's still uh, mm. there's or something like that, which is like, yeah. But we've not given the condition that these players have to be retired. No, no. Mm. So it's a it's a bit of a. It also, I mean, if if he's picked Coke, that means he's overlooked Prutton. Prutton and Coke played together. Mm. Yeah, Prutton had a, a better higher than Coke. It to my Chris, mind, Chris Lyons had a much better impression at Sheffield. Yeah, I don't know whether they would have crossed over. They wouldn't they have. No, no, no. That's fair. But Coke, I mean, outside of yeah, as you say, he's he's also a podcaster. Um, it's very nice that he's taken Sheffield to his heart. That's great. But outside of about four games at the beginning of that season, <laughs> outside of an electric start to League oh, One campaign, yeah. Um, it, I mean, I've never been. You know, Coke loses its fizz after after a short period of time being opened, and uh, Man Alive did Giles Coke lose his fizz as a player like that. I've never, I've very rarely been as excited by the first few games of anybody. Mm. He looked incredible. He yeah. looked like he did yeah, yeah. everything. Um, I, and also, I think fondly remember that shirt, the black with the yellow stripes. I think he he did some wonderful work in that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but just disappeared. Just stopped producing anything after about a month. And sort of that had been his. That seemed to have been what happened in several places for him. Mm. Interesting. I mean, obviously, yeah. There's, part of this is their their mate stuff like that. So if he's stayed in Sheffield, they've stayed in touch. Loyalty there in that regard. Mm. Um, so that that's fair enough. But it seems a strange one on on merit. I think you could probably rustle a fair few players. Mm. The front two is an interesting one, isn't it? Mm. With Zhao and Atty, you know, Jay Wow and the Kosovan. Yes. <laughs> Going in there. I mean, you, you're overlooking. You're overlooking Gary Hooper. You're overlooking Stephen Fletcher. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, a, it's an interesting combination. I think I'm sure Atty is someone that you appreciate as a player, possibly more than fans do necessarily. Like I'm mm. sure it's a huge help on the pitch. Yeah, it's just it's a bit odd. Antonio makes it to the bench. Hooper makes it to the bench. Um, Which I, I guess, for the for the sake of his Sheffield Wednesday career and the overlapping, I I think it's fair to Antonio in that lens. Um, Palmer has more of a lens on Antonio, which I think we get onto with yeah. Palmer's eleven. Uh, Hoops and guards is good, uh, and then but Westwood and Boydie. There seems to be comments about how well they trained with the under twenty threes, seemingly yes. in the period of uh, Sam Hutchinson's time at Sheffield Wednesday, exiled. that he was exiled from the first team um, through probably like Yoss Lukai. Says Sammy uh, get, gets the captain. He tells people off for calling. Uh, at it, uh, Big Dave. He didn't make about call, so I think we're I think we're on safe ground. <laughs> I'm sure you'd find that very respectful. Would would that do? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so do we want to move on to Palmer's? Let's Palmer's do that. Like... Yeah. So yeah, Palmer obviously a longer uh, a longer scope in terms longer of his, scope to to draw things out. There's some, there's some interesting choices here as well. Um, so we've got Westwood in goal. He goes for West. Uh, we have Lewis Buxton right back. Uh, Hutchinson, interestingly, you know, they put the favor. Doing, he mm-hmm. puts him in centre back uh, rather than midfield. Uh, Rob Jones, Reader Johnson, Ross Wallace again, Samedo again. 
This time, Kieran Lee makes the team. And Johnson's on that left, which I think is always... That was all. Um, mm. And uh, up front, Clinton Morrison and Mikel Antonio. Um, mm. An interesting pairing. And then uh, we come to his subs bench. So he picks up Emmy, uh, Emmy Emil Martinez, who didn't really pull up any trees at Wednesday, but obviously... Has has gone on to he's the he's the uh, national keeper for Argentina now and he's first choice keeper in the Premier League in Villa. Um, Tom Lee's makes his bench. Um, do you see? Can you see who the third one is? Well, Coke, might, he's is gone it, for Coke as well. Coke again, yeah. Coke again. Um, Stephen Fletcher and Ati Nuiu. Mm. So intriguing. <laughs> you know, again, re- repaying the favour by including his friend Hutchinson there, but as you said, not in uh, centre midfield. Rob Jones is an interesting one. I mean, Rob Jones was um, an absolute colossus for us in that yeah. promotion season. I still feel a little bit, I feel a little bit frustrated that he was a core of that spine. I never really got the chance to kind of show what they could give in in the championship in that following season. Yeah, Jones was one of those cast aside. Reader, reader's kind of fun. That's a fun, fun left back option. This is much more like a team I would have picked. I think I know. Obviously, Palmer's got more players to draw on because of mm. the block. Um, yeah, but yeah, Reader Johnson's good fun at, at left back. And there is a comment about apparently like Samedo and Reader Johnson were uh, were you know if they were um, they trained like they played is what they said. <laughs> so you really didn't want to be against them when you were playing short sided matches or matches in training. And if you were on the same team as them, you felt fairly coming into those those uh, practice matches. But um, yeah, the the other way around, very unexperienced. <clears throat> Ross Wallace in both teams. Mm. Um, Samedo in both teams. I think that's sort of got saying, and I'm sure if Atty to play with, making life easy for his teammate, uh, Samedo surely, surely one of the best people to have play with you. Um, loved seeing JJ included. Loved seeing Kieran Lee included. What mm. do you make of the front two? I think the front two is interesting. Yeah, <sighs> kind of falls apart the front two. Like everything that I'm, I'm happy to agree with, even with the caveat that the situation with. Coming and following Sam Hutchinson's and seeing a degree of the lens of bringing him into the picture, you know, I'm 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 okay with that. I'm fairly happy. Um, he seems to talk about Clinton Morrison like a bit of a, bit of a big brother figure. Yeah. So again, there seems to be a, a greater personal connection than anything we can probably see reflected on the pitch. It's a mixture, isn't it? Playing to go on, but. Clinton Morrison as uh, a Sheffield Wednesday player, well and truly a spent force. By the time he got to us, at least at our level of football, I know he played. He played until very recently, didn't he, Clinton Morrison? Mm-hmm. But he was a huge, huge disappointment. <laughs> and then Antonio, who I think we would naturally think of as a winger for a Sheffield Wednesday career. I know he's been. He's you know, especially with we did. Jones did occup- did play him as a as a, a centre forward occasionally, particularly towards the end of his time because. Really, we had such a rubbish team. Interestingly, a rubbish team that had Giles Coke in. Um, but uh, we had such a poor team that really the tactic was just give it to Antonio and hopefully he'll run away and do something. The whole team just sort of sat back and watched Antonio be like a one-man army in half of the field. We just sat back and defended. Mm. Um, and whether that was technically being up front or technically being on a wing, much like being, I think it looks a lot like what asked West Ham really. although now he's got the benefit of playing in a slightly more forward thing uh, <laughs> most of the time at West Ham he's been in a similar sort of arrangement it's a very defensive back setup and then he's the guy that's the free reign to go and try and do 
Yeah, interesting. Mm. I, I wouldn't mind seeing, uh, for instance, a Barry Bannon version of the same. Um, I don't know who else could do it with him. Who, who else has got that kind of uh, longevity? We're really struggling. I mean, they're three of the characters who have still kind of been around the club for quite a while now, haven't they? I mean, Hutchinson had a, a brief, brief escape, right? But yes. uh, but I, I think we're almost seeming, because it's every season, effectively, for the last seven, eight know. seasons. So it's it's almost a continuous experience. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it doesn't need to be somebody that's been that long. But uh, no, I think it's a fun idea. Uh, pleasing to see them do it. And I, I can totally understand why they've made the two pick current players but then i wonder how many would get <laughs> would get near it obviously bannon with them i hope and expect to be part of that um i think luongo probably have over hodgett field yeah <laughs> i think we've done enough on that luke <laughs> i think so i think we can move on now yeah <laughs> you know our, our own some big now um so yeah as we t- as we touched on the other the other bit of uh the other bit of news which we is news in the week was our was our midweek match with wigan wigan in pretty fine fettle, not not lost in the league since October. Hmm. Um, we're one of only th- previously one of only three teams I think they'd lost to all season in the league. Um, so you know, up against a pretty formidable opponent, uh, probably one of the highlights of the first half of the season is our our win against them. Um, and uh, so yeah, interesting to see this. You know, when you have a win like that, it's interesting to see the sort of reverse of it. Um, we had the Plymouth game where we got an absolute spanking at their place and then they came to Hillsborough and, and we actually outperformed expectation. You worry sometimes when you've gone to their place and, and won that maybe uh, maybe you're going to get a bit of a reaction to that because people don't like, teams don't like losing at home and tends to be a bit of the motivation for, for upping their game and upping their performance the next time round. Um, <clears throat> the... So the major change for this game uh, between the, the the game at the weekend was uh, Nathaniel Mendes-Lang dropped to the bench. Uh, mm. So again, probably rested. We're trying to manage players through a very busy period on the calendar. As uh, Luke reminded, Tuesdays always follow Saturdays, but they don't always have matches attached to them. So <laughs> when when you have when you have two two uh, two matches back to back in this way, um, you can sometimes it's nice to be able to to mix up the players. And we've talked about maybe the only place you've got good options at this point in time is is up top. So Canberry uh, shuffles back into the pack um, and. Um, so, yeah, what did you... Did you I mean, you, were you pleased to see Canberry in? How did you feel about Mendes Lang? Mendes Lang's been a real stalwart these last few games. Were you disappointed to see him benched? I've also a bit, you know, I, I get the point of rotation and a bit of management, especially when the games are thick and fast, especially when the other options aren't so delicious, um, <laughs> appetizing, appealing, you know. It's... it's uh, <laughs> Mendes Lang's more of the photographed McDonald's burger and... <laughs> other option you know is maybe the sad reality you get on a, a graveyard shift <laughs> at a midweek maybe maybe mcdonald's in wigan perhaps mm. maybe at the, the 2 a.m slot when you're drunk and rock through rock through the drive through and and expecting um mendes lang and turning up and getting canberry maybe very much like uh, the experience in the uk uh, visiting mcdonald's right now uh, excited about getting their chicken big mac and finding out uh, it's been so popular they've had to pull it from sale already after a week <laughs> oh brexit and covid are working hand in hand to make life in the uk better every day um 
<laughs> my first note though was uh, so this is um, you know we were on a good run Wednesday we're on a good run um, we we go into games against big teams hopefully not feeling particularly cowed by their, their what you know what they're bringing to the table and hopefully excited by what we can, can do on the, these games but the the first note I've got was a very very close call for Wigan uh, in the in the fifth minute uh, which was from a long throw uh, which we've. I don't know why we're so bad at defending long throws. Even ba- even bad ones seem mm. to cause us headaches. And these, they, there were some really bad long throws from today. <laughs> Not today, but um, sorry. Do you, do you think maybe if we think about it, it was interesting. You were mentioning talking about looking at those lineups and how they do in practice matches, and it just made me think in at the back of my head at that point. There's no point to kind of bring it up while we're talking about them, Rich. But it made me think about what is. What is the strengths of practicing against the best things that you have at the football club? Yeah. And again, I, I think that's maybe, unfortunately, an unfortunate thing maybe about the existing practice, practice matching is that set-piece-wise, we're not yeah, as highly tuned probably as our wage bill, stature, performances in this league kind of attribute. So maybe that's the reason why we, we don't seem to typically do the long throw in a great deal. It's something that, you know, Hassel considered the Patterpod on the previous podcast is, uh, you know, Patterson's been, it's been fun when he's kind of managed to dish that out. Hunt's Hunt's not too bad at long throws. It's not quite a, it's not, it's not in the Rory Delap end of the the throwing spectrum or the Exodus Gigan. If you remember that gentleman. I do remember him. You do. Um, It's it's probably a bit, a bit more kind of Tommy Spur-esque. Maybe in a sense, yeah, but they're, they're, it's not got... something that we're using enough for us to probably defend against on the training ground, and then obviously that's not translating well into the into the real games. Yeah, they're they're kind of they've got work workable long throws. They don't have really special long throws. It's to be like a weird gift that some people have and some people don't. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily particularly train well. Um, no, yeah. it's inter- it's interesting as you say because yeah, from in in. In set in practice in the week, really, we're all we've got is what we have. Um, there's a big UFC fight. I occasionally dip in um, experience with uh, with MMA for, for to draw examples, but you know, there's a big th- thing when you when when two fighters are, uh, are coming together that you get somebody that can mimic the style of your opponent. And uh, every now and then you get somebody that's unique, so unique that you'd very, you'd struggle to get just one person can fight in that style. So you might need several people to do different things. Um, so I, it, I wonder if there's a case of maybe you would, maybe you would draft in a, um, a curmudgeonly old Rory Delap to throw, throw long balls at you to see, just to, just to sharpen your defense to them. That would be a, that would be a that might be an interesting thing to do, um, mm. but yeah, this one resulted in a kind of bubble in our bubbling ball bubbling around our box. Um, Magenis, who was a real headache all game, uh, he's just he is just a big awkward bugger, just um, very much a kind of in that Chris O'Grady mold of you know this. He's an absolute unit. He can move um, and what he lacks in maybe sort of 
finesse and skill he more than makes up for in just sort of persistence and uh, little tricks and all the dark arts, uh, a bit like our old friend Stephen Fletcher. Um, but he managed to head it back across the six-yard box and then McGrath, I think it was, was arriving. Really, he gets it on target to goal. Like he had the whole goal gaping for him, but somehow managed to, to hit it wide. So that was a real let off early doors. We were lucky uh, that, that that happened. Um, we had uh, our best sort of early effort was from Liam Palmer, probably from distance. We had a nice Liam Palmer roaming goal threat effort uh, in the eighth minute. He just uh, looked up, saw that saw that there was nothing much on for him and uh, unleashed an effort towards the far post, but fairly easily gathered. Um, we don't tend to do these particularly minute by minute, but I have done my notes minute by minute, so I don't know whether we just want to go with that go with that flow. Um, do feel free to break in wherever. <laughs> um, the 10th minute I've got uh, it's a great tackle by Byers in midfield that breaks to Bannon and Johnson who um, and Johnson gets a great cross away uh, Amos he's really good. I don't know whether this is on purpose or whether they're just these are the opportunities he's getting but he's really like fizzing these crosses in at the near post um, making the keeper kind of do something but hitting it hard enough that it's not easy to catch it so they end up having to kind of spill it across the the front of their goal um but un- unluckily for us this time it went behind he managed to touch it behind Canberry just to poke it home but a nice sniff of things early doors and uh once again Johnson proving his worth in an attacking sense um Story went very close from a corner. I think that might have been directly after that. Story had a really good header. Again, he seems to be adding, he seems to be getting better pretty much every game and adding a bit of a goal threat to us set piece wise. If we can get a decent cross in, he seems to be somebody big enough and willing enough to, to get on the end of things. Potentially, we could, you know, we could have a bit of a weapon there and hurting up, which is nice. But his defensive work is fantastic. Really impressive. Um, yeah, I'm sort of whizzing through this a little bit, but like uh, McLean did a pretty heinous looking foul, late foul on uh, Byers and didn't get a card. I don't know how McLean, McLean is just, um, he's an awful person, isn't he? He just seems to be a, a bad person. Mm. <laughs> he enjoys winding everybody up. Uh, he relishes his role as pantomime villain. Uh, and somehow in this game, he didn't get a yellow card despite being involved in several bad challenges and subsequent ruckuses with the players. Uh, Byers was everywhere this half, really busy, um, breaking up play and their, and their side of things, providing an extra pass uh, when people were looking. When Ban- I think Bannon and Luongo have the primary kind of role of driving us, um, but, but Byers was providing an extra pass for them if they needed it, an extra out and, uh, and keeping the ball moving. He's looking more and more uh, a really fine player for yeah, I would agree. He's just been um, he's just been something else. I mean, it, it's um, it's strange because I, I don't know how much. Like again, just I, I think it's an old thing that we said, but never really got a good idea of what he's kind of been there to give us. I know he's a it's a player of merit and a player who's been well thought of previously. There seemed to be some kind of disappointment from Swansea fans that he was a player that kind of casting off and, and yeah. uh, an option of the park for. Them. But you know, we've never seen any. Any idea of who he was or what he could do? And I, I don't know. I always felt previously from those roles we saw of him, him playing a, um, a, a defensive midfield option, never looked particularly, never looked the type of player who I thought we would need in that role. No, no. It might be the case 
uh, we've talked about Carlos's honey to the soup sort of, uh, mm. <laughs> and it might be Luongo is just such a kind of delicious MSG umami additive to the midfield <laughs> that everybody in his presence just looks better. You know, the defense looks better when Luongo plays. We tend to be look more potent going forward, and the midfield seems to perform better. He just seems to have this great aura around him I think he does talk and organize but he also reads the game beautifully and maybe Byers is being helped by Luongo's presence as much as or more so than Bannon um but but it's really nice to see he's just it was amazing how many times he just was in the right place at the right time and it wasn't just in one spot in midfield in this this game he was just popping up all over the, the that middle third making th- you know making a stop to something move setting us off on the, the mm. on the break or or as i say sort of being the the extra tie between a winger you know, pass out really good um on the other side of things who a player who impressed me for wigan was uh, was callum lang their number 19 he looked special he um running with the ball just a real threat going through lines we had a couple of occasions where all we could do really was hoik him down we were, we were struggling when he um, in particular that's when i think when bannon picked his yellow was, was dealing with him that's um, my first note yeah yeah um yeah looks looks a real player um i also so i made a note uh, this is just a flurry of notes here um mm-hmm. what did you what did you make of the bannon booking i, I, I think I'm- it was very professional um I, it was something that it it felt it felt right i think it's just that moment of panic that yeah. just looking like an operator with lang at the ball at his feet in that moment breaking could have real led to some real danger yeah. so i think bannon had the it's not something that bannon does that often no so no. but i think it was a situation that was rare enough for him to be like this is what i'm going to do. no it's fair enough yeah and I, again i wonder how much of that is maybe having having some of those more experienced heads around him there he's maybe occasionally being told what to do, which wouldn't normally mm. have happened when he's the, the big bully boy in midfield. Um, it, Bannon sort of struggled a little bit. I mean, he did talk about this after the game, so I, I, I don't feel like I'm just being unnecessarily harsh on him. I thought he had a couple of poor touches. He had a couple of, sort of bits of miscontrol and um, maybe passes that went astray. And uh, we didn't really get punished for it, which is good, but it was a bit strange. He talked about afterwards the pitch being lively. And I do have to say, Hillsborough pitch not looking uh, not looking its gorgeous green self at this point in time. No, probably probably taking a bit of a battering from the seasons, and probably it's going to take a bit of a battering in terms of a lot of games coming up for the rest of the season. It's uh, yeah, it's probably not looking as good as it. I think we've had a lot of wild weather. I don't know what's sort of dried the pitch or something potentially, but mm. yeah, it's funny having spent most of the last podcast moaning about. Uh, Burton Albion's <laughs> tin pot sandy pitch, and then actually turn up to turn up to the old lady at Hillsborough, and it doesn't look uh, a huge, huge heaps better. Um, certainly in some areas, it's mainly green. Uh, there's grass on our pitch, which does put it ahead of that, the Burton Albion. But uh, there's areas that really do look a bit, a bit rough, a bit shoddy. Um, maybe, maybe the grass is not always browner. Maybe, maybe that's the situation. <laughs> the grass is not always deaderer. The ground is just as dead on the other side. The, the, the league one started. <laughs> um, this was Hutch. I thought 
Hutch has by and large been good, and obviously the defense is we're, we're on the we're riding a good run of clean sheets, which is fantastic. But Majanis was really I hope I'm saying that right, but he's a handful, and uh, Hutch he was giving Hutch all he could handle and at times he, uh, he threatened often to to either busters open in terms of flicking a flick on or holding the ball up. Uh, we just didn't quite know what to do with him, although I think we looked well enough covered there with the three that we could afford to make that first mistake and, and then catch things back up afterwards. Um, 37 minutes, easily the best chance of the game. A raking pass from Story sets up a 1-2 for ba- Johnson and Bannon. Johnson smashes the ball into the near post and deflection goes agonisingly close to Canberry's head. Uh, so once again, it's just one of these efforts that's firing in low and hard and, mm. and almost sort of banking on just something coming off it. Um, and it, it ricocheted. The keeper palmed it uh, straight out and uh, the uh, the rebound, unfortunately, went the wrong way off Canberry's head. If it had gone, if it had come off like just a slight different angle of his forehead, it could have gone in the goal jump wide. Um 42nd minute, a uh, big let off. I've put lots of eyes <laughs> in, in that big <laughs> as we're going to have the ball in the net following a cross by Lang. We again, we just didn't. I think once he got past Luongo, which he did a few times, we looked a bit kind of it looked a bit of an open door between Palmer and Johnson, and that's where Lang was doing most of his operate. Um, so once he got broke free there, he he had a lot of room to spot. Um, so yeah. Cr- Cross there, they they hit the post from that, and then Maginus uh, bundled it over the line. Did you? So that was given us offside. Mm. Did you feel it was? Did you feel we got <sighs> well, away at, with at the time? I didn't think so. Okay, but then I think I went back and looked at the replay, and I specifically had my eyes on on yeah. the on the Wigan player. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah, Wigan yeah, player. I'm going to call him that from the Wigan player. <laughs> Josh, Joshy. <laughs> Yep, I did see him. That's the man. <laughs> have him in the uh, have him in the lineup. The boy with the Arab strap. Um, so yeah. that is two children in a overcoat. <laughs> oh, okay. In which case, two burly Irish children in an overcoat. <laughs> burly Irish children. So. Burly. Oh, burly. Big burly Irish children. <laughs> Not barely Irish. Not barely Irish, but he probably is barely Irish. <laughs> I'm not barely Irish. I'm Northern Irish, says Josh Magenis. <laughs> close oh, enough, dear. Josh. Yeah, close enough. Oh, um, <laughs> my next note is Patterson has been woeful and Canberry not much better. Uh, <laughs> the two of them really struggled to make a foothold in the game. I think Canberry gets off lighter in my book because he actually plays like a striker. I don't think, I just don't see what Patterson, what his aim is in this striker. No, no. He's never in the right place to be a target man. On the odd occasion it comes to his head, he doesn't seem to be particularly gifted at winning headed. I I didn't know whether watching Patterson in this game, I couldn't really work out what he kind of added to this suit. And I I was trying to wonder, like, is him... He lost his call on a number of occasions. Um, it wasn't for the for the talents he does give to the team and the talents he does give to the team in that position. I don't think he was doing anything. Not nothing was good was coming from anything that he could do no. for his talents in that position. But I was wondering, like, is him is him losing his call and losing his rag? Is that giving us anything beneficial in this game? I I don't think so. I know. I know. I was trying to wonder, like, am I trying to be generous because I really like Callum Patterson to think, think is that a benefit? Rough, I think he was getting some rough handling and I don't think he was getting any 
Oh, he was very rattled by that. That was something they picked up yeah. on the commentary. It was like, he was just not getting anything today. But I, I don't know if Patterson's a player who ever really gets anything like that for him. I did put, yeah, just this is my last note for the game, by the way, but 90 plus six, I said Patterson wins his first free kick. It really was one of those sort of games where they seemed to be allowed to do very, I'll do a lot. <laughs> to mm. deal with Patson, and then when he retaliated in any way, if he got physical with their defenders, the ref gave always gave it the defenders, and they seemed to be able to sort of pull his shirt, push him, drag him, and it and the ref didn't give anything. I'm still not. I'm not. I'm still not in any way impressed by Patterson. I think this was poor. I think he is poor at that role. I don't, to me, it's more, the biggest problem with him as a centre, as as the hold-up target man, is he does not play it with, you need to be disciplined. I know mm. it feels like you should go and run around and running around helps at the team. But when your job is to be the pivot, the, 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 the target that everything builds around, it's not helpful for you to go on help on the wing and to come back in midfield. You need to be where you're supposed to be. The best thing you can do for the team is stay up there yeah. and and be the the target, be the figurehead. Yeah. He doesn't do it enough. He's never where he needs to be, and therefore it hurts the team. I like Patterson, by and large. We, t- we like him as a player. He's bound, got boundless enthusiasm. He goes about every task like a, you know, a... a coked up poppy it's fantastic but um but this that you know that is a role where you have to go again you have to disobey your instinct to go and hard carry you have your you it's better for the team for you to just stand and, and provide an option you need to be the guy when they look up you're there um and he just doesn't do it enough canberry's bet does bet does it be, a better job of it canberry is less inclined to get involved further back and therefore gets more goals as a result etc etc uh but there we go um mm. 44th minute we had another, another let off just towards the end of that half lang again causing problems he spun off the shoulder of liam palmer and got a shot away uh from the edge of the box thankfully an easy save for bailey peacock farrell but um a warning sign you know he 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 definitely shone in that first like made the most too much every time. uh either missed 10 20 yards forward with a run doing some dangerous so half time Mm. What did you make of the first half? I think I was watching with the hope that maybe some magic would kind of come and mature a bit later. I felt that um, for... I, I still felt for the, the danger that a team like Wigan presents. And, you know, you could really see their talent and nous on the pitch. I I didn't feel particularly worried. I think we did. We did handle them fairly well. Yeah. I must say. I mean, a couple of scares aside... You know, I, I didn't think there's nothing that's presented to us in in any of these two games of football to kind of fast forward to Wigan to say this is anything that we'd be scared of. No, no. I'm. I think I'm forgiving, and I think I'm open to kind of look at a team and say they could well have much better performances than what they've given against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, but I, I also will kind of give the condition that. You know, if we're on form and everything's ticking, then it's we're a, we're a pretty fair beast for this yeah. division. And yeah. the thing I was want to say was like you were talking about you were talking about buyers, and I think the interesting thing is that middle three is you know I've I really enjoyed FDB Bannon and Luongo together. Maybe maybe it's a lot to say about the performances of Luongo, but I think with buyers with what he's doing right now. 
it's it's making me look at it's it's kind of like analyzing the human body yeah you know i i we can we can go different mentalities you can be you could you could have a, a person of faith who would look at something like paley's watch theory which is basically saying you find a watch therefore it must be designed by something because everything works the human mm. body largely works pretty well <laughs> and it just kind of makes you think about different organs kind of working everything seems to be working like an engine it seems yeah. to be like the pistons are like i don't know it's a fair engine but like everything seems <laughs> to be working the, in the a harmony it's tickling the uh the, the ball drag and uh yeah it's all ticky ticky the cogs are whirring um yeah, pistons are pumping. It's all good, baby. Rich and I look at it like a, a very crass Heath Robinson, Rube Goldberg machine, basically. <laughs> or s- something from the kids' board game Mousetrap. Is, I think that's how Rich and I look at it. I, but, I treat it like um, a, a tie or a hat on a bedroom uh, door, you know. If that engine is a-rocking, don't come a-knocking. Don't, don't have a look in there. You don't want to see... <laughs> Of course, of course. Which, which I agree with you. You know, don't want to stop the party rocking. You don't want to be be anti LMFAO, do you? No, it's you can get cancelled for that. No, you don't want to. Just like them, we don't want to apologise for party rocking. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it felt like that. Even even if if certain elements are not kind of tying together, and again, that forward play wasn't really working. That was the sad. It was the sad thing of not seeing Mendes Lang because I, I feel like it's it's a bit like. Luckily, it worked out for Sheffield Wednesday, but there were feelings of like, what if, what if could have been here. Yeah, I mean, a very even half. I thought we had, mm. we did make some chances. I think like it, it, it's it was exactly fifty fifty on possession, just to say, kind of like. Uh, belabor the point in terms of it being in half and um but we had more we had more shots on target um just yeah i think we were dangerous in in uh, dispatches they were dangerous as well but neither team particular this was yeah it, it, to go back to a uh, a fighting sort of analogy this was a feeling out process of the first half by and large um and two decent looking teams with decent tools to kind of cause each other damage but also good def- good enough defenses to o- operate against those as well but yeah good a decent half of football um i think probably we shaded it i i came away from the first half feeling maybe slightly hard done to that we hadn't made better of some of our opportunity our breaks um and to that to that end, my my first note of the second half is just saying more nearly moments for Wednesday. Mm. It was it was like this: we're on the cusp of making chances. It wasn't necessarily getting to the point of having a shot and getting it into the box, but we were so we were close to these things, or we had good crosses that went over people, or we didn't have the personnel in the box. I think again, another symptom of playing Patterson up top is balls going to the box, and there are not players where they should be. Uh, Canberry is pretty studious about getting to that front post. Patterson not so much about getting to either the middle or the back or the back. He won't all. Um, but the first note, really, I've got first sort of minuted note is is the is the penalty, the pivotal moment of the whole game. Mm. So this was a particularly nice spell from Wednesday. There was a couple of nice bits of play with Byers, Johnson, Bannon, and Luongo kind of combining in nice triangles on the on the um, on the you know on and near the wing, just trying to sort of un- pick a lock really, um, and 
we were turned away a few times and still recycled the ball, kept the pressure on. And the sort of, you know, the points, <laughs> the, the, the arrowhead of this, of this, uh, or the spear of this, uh, this attack ended up being Luongo driving into the box, dropping his shoulder, getting one-on-one with the, the, the defender and dropping his shoulder and being fouled by Watmer. Now there were some questions. <laughs> mm. Our own John Pearson was a pretty question. What did you think? Did you think it was a penalty? Did you think it was? You know what? I'm not sure. I'm really, I'm still not sure. It's, it's, uh, it's borderline. See, my feeling at the time was it was just nailed on. It looked absolutely yeah. nailed on. Yeah, yeah. I think he's done by. I, I, I know there's the clip, and if you watch it, he just pull his foot. He pulls his leg away. What after? But it, I think it's after the contact. But also, I think he's done. I think he stood still by Luongo. He, he buys the turn, and therefore he's he's kind of a. It's kind of a sitting duck for giving away a penalty, but maybe Luongo did a good job in making the most of the contact. I don't know. I, I just thought a full pelt, I thought, gotta be, gotta be a pen. Hmm. I think watching it in slow motion, I could see why people were like more questioning of it. But I still think if you if we had like if we had the ability to watch it at like whatever ridiculous sort of thousand frames per second, you know, the like um the tornado cam that they they do the super slow mos on. I think he makes the contact, then pulls his his foot away, and um, therefore, yeah, it's a it's a pen. But anyway, the the regardless of whether it whether it should have been or shouldn't have been, it was the ref gave it. Uh, we've had some pretty stonewall looking pens that haven't been given in this uh, this season, so maybe a bit of payback is one that's a little bit more questionable uh i know the wigan manager said from every angle it's never a pen which is interesting because we only get one angle we only get one angle yeah and he only gets to see it from one angle as well and he only gets to review it back from a very similar angle so and he spells his name really badly wrong so should we trust him no he spells liam l-e-a-m that's leam that's not a name that's not a person's name so Therefore, your opinion on matters to do with football is completely yeah. null and void. It's completely null and void because you, you have an alternate spelling of your name. Then you, all of your opinions are shit, sir. You failed at the very basic thing of having a reasonable human name, and therefore you lose. <laughs> you lose every argument you're in. <laughs> go and go and lean on a bloody lamppost, eh? <laughs> Brick. Um, <laughs> How confident were you when Barry Bannon, having missed his last two penalties, steps <sighs> up to take this penalty? So I'll, I'll just have to just, just say what happened visually just over the audio art form here on the podcast. I shook my head much like I was Harold Bishop in Neighbours. <laughs> I, I was not confident. I'm just like, let's just see how this goes. I mean, it, there's a lot of times you get a penalty and you're like, this is going to be a goal. Yeah, but it's just the time. It just—I don't know. I'm, I think I'm, there's been situations where this is really important, and I've been really invested. Watched it go badly, and this was just like I—I've known, I've—I've I've seen the last couple of times from Barry Bannon. Yeah, but um, fair play. He stepped up and took it well. Took it, took took the penalty very well. He did. Yeah, this was sort of one of those unsavable ones, really, right up there and uh, right in the corner. Um, I was. Yeah, I was very worried <laughs> to see him taking it. And but then at the same time you're like, is there anybody else I would want to take it either? I don't think there is. I think it has to be Bannon. And 
probably for the better that he kind of just grabbed the moment and did it than uh, somebody else reluctantly kind of getting cajoled into it. Because um, I, don't, I don't really... Patterson's not really a penalty taker, is he? Not really, no. I wouldn't trust Canberry. Maybe Luongo? Maybe? No, I, maybe maybe Canberry might be a bit uh, Art D-esque. Uh, yeah, secretly, secretly good. Who knows? But anyway, yeah, great, great conversion. Fantastic uh, work. And immediately the onset of nerves because now we have something to lose in this game. Mm. <laughs> what what was a fun knockabout time um, immediately has stakes. Uh, we kept playing nice football though. I think we almost got better after the goal. Like for yeah. at least for um, my only two notes were the 59th minute and the 69. 60- Okay, well, I think it's probably the same thing, because I've said 60, but it's probably the same thing. Great play. Johnson pulls it back. Canberry blazes over. Yeah, I said so. looks like he's seen a badger with his innards ripped out and is about to throw up. (laughs) I said sumptuous, gorgeous football. Bannon, Byers and Johnson combining so well. Ball is cut back to Canberry, who produces a finish that may or may not have led me to exclaim, you Swiss idiot. Uh, (laughs) You Swiss idiot! <laughs> Rich Rich also exclaims that when he bought a uh, Swiss cuckoo clock, and then it came came out of a Toblerone instead of the cuckoo. <laughs> up, you Swiss idiot! <laughs> oh, that was bad. Uh, he had some chances. Uh, that boy Canberry had some chances against. Him. He could have mm. made life a lot easier for Stephen. <laughs> I did so this I did g- throw a little bit of a kick a little bit of praise Patterson's way here. Um I just said a likable quality of Patterson is that his response to games like this, you know, he's out of form, he's not really getting a rub of the green, the ref is letting Wigan rub him up. Does he shy away? Does he sulk? No, he ups his work rate to an insane level, causing chaos and discomfort that other teammates can hopefully capitalise on. Because that second half, he just played like a man possessed. Like Nothing was going for him. The ball wasn't really going near him, but he was going to just make the most of anything that he could do. Um, mm-hmm. And we, and we, he almost made things happen two or three times just by bundling into a player or something, you know. Uh, it, he was rubbish and it was didn't it didn't get any better but it was just sort of nice to see like he just was like okay i'm having a crap day but i can still be useful to the team by just being and being a, a sort of agent of chaos here <laughs> just bumbling around and making something happen <sighs> um we had another good effort from jordan story yes yep uh, close from a band and corner i just <laughs> i don't know what this was in relation to but i just said Bias is everywhere. Um, this is where this might be where your your sixty nine. What's your sixty ninth minute thing? No, is it's it the sixty fifth. It's the story corner. Like I'm just oh, saying. You know what I was going to say is like he's he's going to score from a corner soon. It's like, going to happen. It's, it's coming. It really is. Yeah, yeah. It's um, he's got some ability there, and it's gonna yeah, it's gonna pay off definitely. It's I wonder if whether it's kind of subtle because I mean I felt that with Shay Dunkley, yeah. it was like he's going to score from a corner. There was yes. that kind of lead up and to build yeah. up to he did, but there was also like Dunkley was just meeting it with such aggression. Yeah, but stories stories a lot more kind of cultured and finding space. Yeah, you know, no, it's nice to see. I mean, because mm. he's had because he nearly scored last in the last game as well. So mm. yeah, it it feels like it feels like it's going to happen and it's going to happen. Um, 
obviously the this this weekend would be would be not a bad time to to pick to have get his first goal. I wondered whether what you jotted down was uh, John Pearson's little quip of has Max Power got a sister named Min? No, I actually avoided that. I remember when he said that and I just I just one of those things that you avoid and you just ignore. One of those things someone says and you're like you write I'm, down say later. I'm going to ignore that because <laughs> I want to still like you. Yeah. <laughs> I bet nobody's ever made that joke before, though, Luke. Never, ever. It is a newer one for Max Power, isn't it, to be fair? Is it? It's a bit more. It's a bit more. <laughs> um, 77th minute, Patterson gets booked. I thought it was a bit harsh. Mm. Um, Nathaniel Mendesland came on for Canberra at that same stage. Um, 78th minute, almost an amazing goal from Patterson. Just uh, hitting a sort of dipping effort that went over the keeper, but just dropped wide. Uh, he almost caught out the keeper though with that. It was a, it was a, it was not a bad try, particularly from a guy that's looking very, very much out of sorts when it comes to scoring goals. Um, yeah, so uh, 80th minute, a Bannon shot from the edge of the box, kept a lovely drive from Nathaniel Nathaniel Mendes Lang. Um, I got really worried because uh, John and Rob started sort of assessing the performance as a whole with more than 10 minutes left to play. <laughs> um, uh, that, but, you know, thankful to anything. Um, yeah, so 78th minute, almost an amazing goal from Patterson. That sort of dipping effort went over the keeper, but just didn't, it dropped wide rather than in. Uh, but not a bad, not a bad effort from a guy that has been having some real struggles in front of goal. Um, he nearly came back to life with a with an absolute worldie. Um, 80th minute, Bannon had a shot from the edge of the box, capping a lovely drive from Nathaniel Mendes Lang. Uh, and then I got really worried because John and Rob started making like valedictory style victory speeches and talking about the performance as a whole and what it looks what the league table looks like and there was more than 10 minutes left mm. it turns out there was quite a lot more than 10 minutes left luke because we had a we had a pussy on the pitch that's true yeah it was nice to um it was really nice to have a bit of goodwill to our feline friends following the week of Kurt zuma stuff yeah which is a, as a man who is a cat lover and um i heard about and i'm like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bring this up no. You know, something you read about and you're like, no, I don't want to see who was the name of that no, guy who was, uh, do you, <laughs> it was like, I remembered that name of that gentleman who was captured by Al-Qaeda and was beheaded on video. And I remember hearing like some work colleagues of mine being like, oh, I've got the video for this. Don't yeah, want to no. see this. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't want to. This isn't going to enhance my life. So no. nice to have something as an opposite there. <laughs> um, nice bit of goodwill towards little little Topsy. I've got to say, probably... Um... Probably the best best bit of uh, play by any Wigan player was that was that catch. <laughs> it was Jason Kerr like, uh, <laughs> you know, carefully, carefully picking up picking up the kitty, and then the, the lovely little wave at the end to the yeah. catch handed off. That was yeah, no, that was uh, it was a delight. Really. It was, uh, um, and I think I'm led to believe that the the cats. So the 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 cat had been missing since June. Did you hear that story? That was incredible. Yeah, wild, mm. wild. Um, but now I think Topsy, Topsy the cat has gone home uh, with its with its owner. It got uh, it's had some antibiotics. It's looked after by a vet, and uh, yeah, so not a, a bit of a feel good uh, moment there between footballers and felines in a week where relations had really been strained. <laughs> <laughs> between the footballer and cat 
Yes. Communities. Those How two, can these two coexist? Those two vital communities getting on with each other. Yes. We can only hope that a stray Ukrainian runs onto the pitch in front of a Russian uh, this weekend and uh, we can have a similar <laughs> coming together of two opposing sides. <laughs> it's hoping. It's hoping. Uh, Luongo ended up getting a massive bandage on his head. I don't think it was anything to do with the cat, but it was around the same sort of time. <laughs> Just always fun to see somebody with a big Terry Butcher bandage on their head, isn't it? It's always fun. Hmm. Uh, Brennan came on for Bannon. Patterson won his first free kick. The game was done. Yeah, a, a humongous win. Another f- four wins, four wins on the bounce, four clean four sheets, four clean sheets on the bounce. Oh, a surprisingly comfortable second half, I think. I think so. I think so. Given given what we fared in the first half, it, um, it seemed to sap some of the life and livelihood out of uh, out of Wigan Athletic. Yeah. Um. Yeah, fantastic, really. Hmm. Six points off Wigan. Beautiful. Yeah, that's uh, that's nice. That you know, they're they're uh, they were thought by many at the start of the season to be uh, you know, be the the, the swanging dicks of this uh, this league, and uh, we've 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 we've, we've pinched our lunch twice. <laughs> so yeah, um, so th- here we will should have a break then, shouldn't we, Luke? And then we'll talk about Rotherham. Luke, we're picking things back up. Oh, we are. This is now... So we've spoken in the past. We're now in the mm. present. And f- folks will listen to this in the future. <laughs> it's yes. trippy, man. It's trippy. It's really twisting my melon. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to uh, lose my video feed for the sake of our connection. Hopefully that will be uh, that will be beneficial to the, the podcast listeners. Um, but yeah, we're now talking post, post-Rotherham. Um I wanted to make a... The least favourite of the hams. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, sometimes you get a bit of ham and it just tastes like dirt. It's all that. Like, it's just that. Yeah, yeah. And um, massive amounts of botulism as well in it. Just... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just want to make one small correction. Uh, we talked about uh, the video, the YouTube video, of Hutch and Palmer. Mm. Uh, Guards was not Anthony Gardner, it was Gary Gardner, who is another yes. odd choice, I would say. Yes, another bizarre choice. Well, he so he signed on loan the same time as Hutchinson. At the same was, time as Hutch, yeah. yeah. Okay. But again, another player that I barely remember playing for Wednesday at all. No, one who didn't cover himself in glory and had a bad time at Sheffield Wednesday, let's put it that way. Yeah. But I think he's had better mate. times elsewhere, but... Not, yeah. not, at, not at S6. Mates with Hutch, so he gets in the, the team. It would be better. I think it could, a stricter brief might have might have suited them. It's a good video. I don't want to complain about it too much. I like the content. I do. <laughs> but a stricter brief might have been more fun. I would like to see the best team rather than who you get on with. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to make that small correction. It was a different guards than the one I thought. Um Mm. For the benefit of this uh, this podcast, Luke, I'm drinking Lucasaid Sports, which is clinically proven to help top top podcasters waffle 33 percent more efficiently. It gets to your first fast, doesn't it? Mm, it does. As Mr. John, it it John gets Barnes you from say. a parched mouth to, to <laughs> a parched mouth to lip smacking ASMR in 90 seconds. 
or your money back. <laughs> to a sugary parched <laughs> mouth. Mm, the secret is the glucose. Um, right, we should do this. You can tell we're we're in one of these phases where we're slightly stalling uh, because this is it's an unpleasant act we're about to indulge in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the, the the big change was basically Mendes Lang being drafted back in. Um, I believe in place of Canberry. But would you say this is pretty much our best eleven as it stands from the from the warm bodies, the available bodies? From the available bodies, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of depressing. Uh, it's kind of very much depressing from everything um, going on in regards to people who are missing. Um, well, I think the thing is, this is it. Like, I'm looking through that lineup. Everything's great. And this is going to be some foreshadowing for, for what we're going to cover today. That front two, the front two is not working. No, no, no. And I, I don't, I, I would, I, I think I can probably be kind enough to give some grace to Darren Moore, to whatever he's going to pick from here. Um, yeah. I, because I mean, looking at that lineup, I mean, the only thing I would have said was, I know he's, he looks like he's having some, excuse me, some confidence issues, but... Like I'm gonna have to say, like I think I'd rather much see Canberry over Patterson. Yeah, I mean, I, I I wonder if he's just picked for pure physical presence in this situation, Patterson, because Rotherham. We've talked a couple of times about how Wednesday have a good team, possibly a better team than we had last season, but we don't really have a great League One team, and I think Rotherham are a really good League One team. They are. Three giant monsters at the back, two giant monsters at the front, and a few mm. guys that can play in the middle if the ball ever drops there. Mm-hmm. Like they are League One to their very core. Blackpool Rock, um, you know, League One is written through them. Uh, and I presume if they go, if, when they go, if and when they go up, they will similarly struggle with the higher level of football because they just don't have the qualities there. But, um, you know, they are certainly. They're good at this League One business. They're good at this kick and rush, pull everybody's shirts, shove everybody around business. Yeah, I, I wondered if um, the whole thing with this... Because I was looking at Rotherham and it's like, I, I feel like I'm going to sound very bitter. I'm very I'm very upset, very frustrated with the, um, <clears throat> with the result today. Excuse me. Is it worth saying to start off? Yeah. This was a... this We're going to be miserable because of the end result like there's a it's disappointing but Hmm. performance wise there's a lot to like in there and i mean we'll get into it but this was (laughs) it's hard to be angry with the many individual players because they sort of did their job it just it's just a succession of maybe doing slightly better in moments maybe having slightly more composure maybe a rub of the green maybe an official's decision and we didn't really have any of those on our side today, unfortunately, and, and they all went the way of, of Rotherham. But performance-wise, we matched them, more than matched them all over the pitch, and particularly the first half, a very, very good performance, I would say. Yeah, I would say that. The thing I want to say in regards to Rotherham is I yeah. think I, I'm trying to give some kind of begrudging respect because I think I'm very kind <laughs> of, I'm very irate with, I think, a very fortunate three points from Rotherham today. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing I wanted to say, which I think is, 
I'm trying to put this across as kind of a compliment and not sound incredibly bitter, <laughs> which I'll be honest, yeah, I'll be honest, I'm pretty bitter about this. They seem like consistently a team of seven out of tens. Like, yes. it seems to be, but it just seems to be across the board, everybody, everybody knows their job and does their job well to their abilities. I, I don't yeah. I think they're very much a great contrast to Sheffield Wednesday because I think Wednesday are a team that have players who are can be eights or nines on their day but probably yeah. don't have that great amount of consistency. They can turn in a five or a four as well, just as easily. Exactly, exactly. So I I, I think that is that is much more of a positive. And that's obviously why Rotherham are the top of this league. Yeah, of course. Consistency is such a big thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's, the um, other thing is, obviously, look, good luck with injuries is a big part to play. I mean, it's crazy how many people we have on that injured list now it's crazy the caliber of of our um our, our uh, treatment room uh and you know they go into the game with the enormous monster that's on a fine run of goals in smith up front and ladapo alongside him we go into the game with as you say <laughs> patterson and uh and mendes lang one of well neither of whom is really a center forward no by trade but then, with the situation, I mean, we're putting we're putting two we're putting them ahead of two other centre forward options who are recognised as centre strikers in Berahino and Camberi. Yeah. But both of those, yes. very different ends of the spectrum. I think I'd I think today the thing is I'd, I think I'd rather have seen Camberi. I think then I think push comes Pado. to shove. Yeah, yeah. But then in the weird way, it's kind of like, I, I can kind of see the mentality of why Patterson is there. I can see it's the frustrating thing with Patterson that no country for, for Pato. Um, there's, no, <laughs> there's no great position no, for him. No country for old, prematurely old-looking men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's, as I say, I think he's there for the physical. I, I, Canberry doesn't bring that physicality to it, although he does bring more discipline i think looking at the way the game played out if if you were able to do a like for like swap and we still produced the same set of chances i'd rather camberry be the guy that's in the box for them um i think he knows that kind of basic almost maths equation bit of being a striker you know you just have to stand in certain areas and that's where the ball is going to go more often than not and if you get there and stay there you're going to get goals um Canberry knows that and gets that in a way that Patterson doesn't seem to or does, is choosing not to at this point in time if he if he does see that himself so yeah i Canberry's got a knack of getting goals at the moment Patterson looks like he was, he's never going to score yeah uh, his heading when he gets chances, doesn't isn't particularly well <laughs> well executed. Um, he's passing instead of shooting. He's turning away from the goal and rather than pushing himself into positions to to take chances. Um, do you have because uh, obviously this is one of these where I'm at the game, so moment to moment I, I sort of have memories of that of the game, but they're all a bit of a, a mulch. Yeah, I'm happy to lead this. I think you led. Uh, Go for it. You led going through the midweek Wigan game in a similar thing. Um, mm. So yeah, I guess that's the interesting thing. With so I think I'd much rather in this kind of situation. Um, I, I think maybe in a weird way now I think I'd rather see wait out the time to see Camberry get up to full confidence and fitness. Maybe perhaps mm-hmm. and maybe we just have to kind of play through that rather than seeing Patterson at this stage. 
So, I mean, I, but I think it's close. I, I, I'm not too upset with the situation with Moore has. We really miss Gregory. I, I, I can't wait to see Gregory back. I mean, Windass yeah. is a loss, but, you know, yeah. Greg, Gregory has made a very, a very big presence for himself up front. Um, just, yeah. Yeah, go on, sorry. Um, something we, we didn't kind of cover in the news. Um, I think this has been a thing before. I, I think it's maybe unfortunately, maybe, maybe kind of advanced, but, um, did you, did you know or did they make any commentary for yourselves over the Tannoy? Um, it was it was Aaron Jameson's young son who's oh, very right. very unfortunately battling a very rare aggressive cancer. I think his name is yeah. Jude. I think it was, but they they made a point of I looking do, at that. In the yeah. right. I we were we just sort of got in as as kickoff was happening, so I think we sort of missed that side of things. If if it was if they did make anything of it in the stadium, um, although to be honest, you can never really hear what the guy is saying. <laughs> Like ninety nine percent of the time in the cop, you can't hear what the guy's saying. So no, that's maybe true. they said it. And, and, and then I mean, you know, you're more likely to identify the registration number of the Vauxhall Corsa. <laughs> yes, and obviously yeah, that's I, a nice clear. I don't. I don't know. I mean, is it? Is it kind of maybe an anti Pavlovian, um, anti Pavlovian investigation that you know we need to be told every game now so we can't exit through the leppings lane at <laughs> our license bars closed now our license bars closed now i don't know if they do that anymore you know or they might have they might have got pages or something they might, <laughs> they've really moved up in the world <laughs> so they send a fax to each of the kiosks <laughs> Um, I was going to yeah, say, there's, we, a, there's a GoFundMe sort of thing, isn't there? Um, there is, there is, and I actually I did get some money yesterday, and I think yeah. people, I, I really think people should. Um, yeah, if you can, if you if you can afford some money to give to that cause, that would be that would be something that that I think should definitely, um, especially for me mm. personally. I've just had I, I lost a, an old work colleague the other week, so I think mortality has been on my mind as of late. But anyway, let's. Let's take it on to slightly more nicer things let's, to talk about. Well, <laughs> yeah, let's really liven things up and excite ourselves talking about Sheffield Wednesday Football Club versus Rotherham. It looked like a decent attendance at Hillsborough. It was, yeah. What what did it they what did they give for the attendance numbers? Out of interest, I, I want to say twenty six, but I might. It might have been twenty five. It was. It's definitely looked like the most. It looked like the biggest attendance this season to me. But maybe I'm wrong on that. But that, that, it's the biggest I've. I, I think I've been at this season. They they brought a good amount. I don't know how many they get for home games normally, but they really brought a good amount of uh, of fans. To be fair to them. Yeah, and I mean it's it's been a it's been a long week of the uh, of the Twitter wars about this about my my dad oh, yeah. bigger than your dad. And there was also a delightful yes. post from a Rotherham fan, which was doing some kind of mathematics to say that there were more Rotherham fans for the sake of how big the town is than. Oh right. But obviously not taking into account any 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 ideas that there's more than one football club in Sheffield. Yeah. So a bit strange. A bit strange. My my daddy's my daddy's Willie is bigger than your daddy's Willie. It was. It was a lot of uh, it was a lot of dad Willie talk. On the, on the on the twitters. 
more so than normal. You know, they were talking about Dad Johnsons, and we was talking about how Daddy Marvin Johnson. <laughs> you know, that's that's how it was going. Anyway, so I mean, it was interesting because there was that. I mean, for all the talk of like, <laughs> this is a local derby, and it's not really. You know, Wednesday fans would I probably put yourselves not really saying this not really worth the steam off our piss. Um, yeah. But I think we'd more likely want to be here to be winning a game like this, you know? Of course. It's of one course. of those you probably don't... You Probably ones you don't want to lose more than... It, it's a weird thing. It is a local derby. We'll just leave it there. Anyway, and I, I thought it was it's interesting. A, it's a semi-sort of one-sided derby in that we they're not a major concern of ours, but then we've played them so often recently. <laughs> but we're yes. almost a bit... We're almost a bit ashamed that we're playing Rotherham um, in a way, <laughs> like given the histories of the two clubs. Yeah, but um, but unfortunately, we've played them so often of late that it's almost it's it's generated its own heat to an extent. Mm. And some great memories: Kieran Lee's cold as ice last minute goals and uh, or last gasp goals, and obviously they kind of put one of the very final nails in our coffin last season with their Ladapo effort mm. late on. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's generating a history all its own, even though probably historically not one of our grand rivals. No. But I thought it was an interesting moment of, like, it, it seemed to be... I, I mean, Bannon seemed to really enjoy the, the yes. occasion. Like, there was a bit where I think I think first on my first note is basically, like, I think he was us countering from a Rotherham corner. And then there's, yes. there's the interesting thing of us leaving Bannon on his own to kind of be the one. He's not going to obviously yeah. compete in the middle. But then it was interesting. I mean, it was kind of like I made a comment about him being a Yorkshire Terrier on acid. <laughs> yes. Because he was, he, was doing some, uh, he was doing some mini yapping heroics up for him. But I think he, we went on the counter from one and then he was, you know, vying for it and then going for it. Yeah, And, yeah. Um, you know, giving... Giving uh, giving some of the centre backs a bit of an issue, and then you know him turning to the south stand and really trying to g the south stand up. So I mean, we we came out of a real pace to things, even though I think for the first ten minutes, I'd, I'd say that we looked like we had a real pace intent, but it just wasn't kind of clicking in terms of some yeah. of those balls. Yeah, Bannon Bannon uh, turned to the south stand and tried to g them up, and and one guy did a clap. Uh, <laughs> No, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, we we sort of we, it's nice though. I mean, how many of these like derby games have we had where Wednesday just like, oh, is this a football match? All right, okay. You know, the attitude is just so hum, ho hum. So we were right up for this from the off, and, and why not? Obviously, we, you know, we're in good form as well, and uh, we were we were giving it all we had. Hmm. And then. Um... You know, yeah, we're looking sharp in the... Pro- I mean, the third minute, I'd probably say there was a um, close and a bit of a worrying chance for Rotherham. Probably one of the only... Probably one of the only chances of merit that I thought kind of really worried me from a kind of Rotherham attacking perspective. Yeah. I mean, because obviously, fast, uh, fast forward to the end of this game, they scored two goals by set pieces. Yeah. So that those kind of came out of nowhere, I'd agree, and I'd say, and I, I think mm. I'm pretty close with that. But then I think it was Ladapo who was kind of in, but thankfully he... It was kind of a combination of him being closed out well, and also he had a pretty poor finish, I must say. Yes. Um, so that was a little bit of a warning sign. But I mean, from there on, it was pretty much looking very Wednesday. Um, seventh minute, great ball for Hunt. 
who overrun it pretty well and um yeah um did well to win a corner in that situation despite the fact the ball was going off he did do really well yeah the resulting corner came like in. a real lost cause didn't it yeah the resulting corner came in i thought bannon took some decent corners today i must say he did I came in and then Hutchinson. Sort of annoyingly, he mm. got a few right. He got a few perfectly where you'd want them, but people gambled on him hitting the front post because he always hits the front post. And then the one time people stood where he's where he'd been playing it all game, he hit the guy on the front post. But yeah, there were be- there was a better consistent quality of uh, of set pieces from uh, from Bannon by and large today. Yeah, the resulting corner came in. It kind of bounced around in the mixer. Came out Hutchinson. Then nodded over. Mm. And um, I'm just going to go from my general comments here, Rich. So there's some, there's some yeah, pithy mixed it. in with some of the uh, some of the highlights and marks of this. Uh, so I must say, <laughs> it's been a good while, and animosities are a long time ago, I must say. But seeing Richard Wood look like he is crowning a poo against Patterson and Mender's long line <laughs> is kind of fun. I must say, <laughs> we, a few occasions. I mean, that was the shame thing. We, the shame that we didn't score because it looked like for for the the prowess and the powers that you're saying that you know Robin yeah. have got a, a number of big lumps at the front and the at the back and the front of uh, of the pitch. Like we looked like we were giving Richard Wood some late onset rickets. <laughs> I mean, he maybe is it even late onset rickets. He must be like. 157 now <laughs> if my math is correct he must be about as old as us basically in, that's in how he uses yes exactly in dog years he should be dead by now right <laughs> we've been granted further life because we haven't ever, we've never been racehorses so no me and you have been giving a stay of execution from the glue factory but richard would <laughs> Richard Wood's got a kind of Logan's Run kind of situation going on, hasn't he? He's, he's voluntarily started turning into glue himself. <laughs> so, yeah, no, we we seem to give them like I mean that was that was maybe the benefit of Patterson up front is that he can go around yeah. and do all this stuff and then kind of run around and give them some real problems with mm. that. But it just obviously it never amounted to anything. No, yeah. Back to my notes. Twelfth uh, minute, Johnson swung it over. Mendes Lang connects. Um, took a deflection, and it almost worried Vickers. Yeah. Fifteenth um, minute, yep. uh, Hunt stung one straight at Vickers. There were a lot of shots straight yes. down the gullet, straight down his throat. So many times. So many times. Throat. We did not like. I think he had a decent performance, Vickers. Yeah, yeah. For them, but like we never really greatly tested him. No, good kicking under pressure. I think we sort of worked a few situations that really put him on on the spot. Um, and he his kicking was all, always good when it when it counted. Um, and yeah, he made the saves and didn't spill things, but we didn't half make it easy for him. So many of them were straight at him, which is a real shame. We got good opportunities in this game, and we just made life very very comfortable for the goalie. Mm. Do you want to hear another pithy observation, Rich? Yeah, please. I was going to say we could call your um, we could call like this this ele- this element of the podcast uh, Luke's Luke's pith and vinegar. <laughs> I like it. Do you want to do you want to contain it? We get a sound bite for it. We get so you know we get a soundboard. I'll do like a little intro to it, and I can just contain it all within there. So in case. If it's something you do like, listeners, you can listen to it. If you don't, I'll give you timestamps and you can skip over it and get on to the rest of your day. 
Um, I always find it really funny when we get like, and I mean, this is also the case for all football managers, but I think maybe the nature of, um, I, I feel like I see this more with opposition managers and there's certain opposition managers that do this a lot. And mm. it's a bit Chris Wilder. It's a bit Paul Warren, maybe on a local thing, but yeah. Paul Warren doing that thing of wearing a Rotherham bobble hat, you know, yes. cause obviously it's like, you know, obviously you're. You obviously have to wear all the uh, all your team's clobber, you know, if you're there. Yeah. And at one point as well, he looked very he looked very strange in his. He had, um, he, I think he had like a it was like a Rotherham snood that he pulled up. Oh right, okay. And so he looked almost kind of Islamic in a weird way, you know, his <laughs> wow. kind of super kind of covered, you know, like a like a like an Islamic lady wearing a hijab, perhaps. Wow, there we go. So, but you know, obviously, I just love the uh, of the of the Rotherham. All of his his um, his sort of acolytes had the the woolly hat on as well, which made me laugh. <laughs> like all, all of all of the boys that were allowed to stand up all had their woolly hats on as well. That's really funny. Uh, but it's just like one wearing a Rotherham bubble. It, like almost it's kind of, there's a weird thing that I think it's trying to put across of being like, look, look, I love this football team as much as you do, fans. <laughs> look, I buy all of the things that I get given for free as well, same as you guys. <laughs> <laughs> More piffy comments. The, comment, the camera focuses on Will Grigg. In in uh, I think he was on was he on the bench or was he? Oh right, okay, yeah. So I picked that up. There was a big thing about Will Grigg missing for this game, and then I, you know, and then they said so he mentioned he's been a great foil for Ladapo. I said I'd hope so, considering his goal record this season is Berahino esque. Will Grigg <laughs> is not on fire. Maybe there's a few members, a few embers left over <laughs> in the in the Will Grigg bonfire. Will Griggs, now charcoal. He was once on fire, now he is charcoal. <laughs> he's got like two in 16. So, like, I just couldn't yeah, that's see pretty They cool. were like, oh, he's been a great... F-. Like, let's just shut up with the notes. Oh. It's the sort of form that has people talking up whether you're a good foil or not. <sighs> My next note is that, you know, we had a similar tone with Patterson from midweek. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm, very then, similar vibes oh and then I, I do forget that we had the ball in the back of the net that's the 31 minute well, that's, mark that's something you want to focus on is well I'm intrigued because mm. obviously we get one view from the well wouldn't we see it in the stands they didn't show it afterwards because it's controversial or whatever we got to see it at half time and I thought I thought Hunt looked onside, from my, at least from my... I'm watching it on a big screen very, very far away. But was there any talk about it? Like, no, I've not. none of the local journos seem to even mention that it happened. Well, I mean, they, they did cover it in the coverage, and um, it was offside, I'm afraid to say. It was. It was okay. a tight call, but... Fair enough. Not the most contentious decision... From given from the linesman, I'll, I'll put it that way for the for this game of football. Uh, foreshadowing. Uh, Mendes Lag did phenomenal in that situation to to run it down the wing, keep it in play, just as an absolute bulldozer. He brought it in. He doesn't attempt the Harris, but played it to Johnson, who stroke it to Hunt, who lashed home. And from the replay, it's one of those where it's kind of like the defense when the ball is played, he's offside. It's they they check back very quickly. So that's why it's it's that kind of moment that makes you right. think. Oh, I was thought it really he was offside? played on by. Yeah, I thought the sort of right-sided centre back played him on because he bought. I think Johnson 
I mean, obviously you've seen it more than me, so I don't know why I keep going on about it. But um, <laughs> I thought, I thought it, the player that I thought played him on sort of bought, thought that Johnson was going to go to the near post and kind of backed up. But um, yeah, if it, if it was offside, it was offside. That's fair enough. I, I do think setting a bit of a trend. I wonder if we got it, got it in our heads that they hadn't conceded a goal in quite a few games because there were a lot of times where we went for that extra pass instead of shooting. I, I thought today we were overthinking things and overworking things occasionally. Hmm. Yeah, because Mendes Lang could have shot, Johnson could have shot. They both pass, and we end up getting getting offside as a result of the th- of the third pass there. Yeah, maybe unfortunately it was the only best finish of the game from a Sheffield Wednesday perspective from Hunt, but annoyingly uh, mm. it was off lot off. Uh, um, the commentator picked up on an off the ball body check from Pato and Ladapo. Did you oh, did yeah. you see that? That was a <laughs> yeah, it was good. Little bit of housery from Columb. <laughs> Well, he was ha- he was herring back after him, and I think lost the race, <laughs> but was so kind of frustrated he'd been made to run. I think, <laughs> um, yeah, he just made sure he made sure that he got him in the end, even though it was quite it was pretty late on. The ref didn't even speak to him. I don't think. No, <laughs> I think no, he got away was, with it absolutely it, scot free. It was probably the only decision I think we got away with. I'll be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and the only thing that Patterson got away with all game as well. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, There's another moment on the break with uh, Bannon putting one just wide. That was a that was that was. Oh yeah, hit. that was close. That that was probably our best effort that that counted. <laughs> I think. Yeah, because yeah. it was the only one that didn't go straight at the keeper. It just went past the post. Um, the nice play though. It was nice play. It again. was a really nice play, and that was the bit that also made me make the piffy note about him looking like a Yorkie possessed. Um, mm. Roving goal threat Liam Palmer then is the next up with oh, a couple of chances on the fortieth. He brought oh. it in from a long run and struck one. His deflected shot went just over. That was disappointing yeah. because um, I think as a run it deserved better, and also yeah. I'd, I'd really like to have seen. There's not many times that happens, but I think there's a lot of time. There's a few, there are a few times I will say where you see a shot hit, and then you're like, "I really would have liked to have seen where that would have gone." Because I th- that was yes maybe one of the best shots I think we had. In this <laughs> yeah, game. yeah, yeah. And it went. I over. loved both of these moments from Palmer. Just so nice, dropping the shoulder and uh, leaving two or three men for dead each time. And he's playing centre back. I don't know what happens to him in that left side of centre back berth. But he just comes alive. Yeah, he almost had like a. It's almost a free role, wasn't it, for Liam Palmer at times? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like I look back yeah. and during this game, and I'm like, I, I can only see a couple of uh, Wednesday players at the back. I could don't. I saw a lot of Hutchinson and Story, and you know, almost yeah. as a back too. I, I I didn't see a great deal of Palmer back there. But no, um, no. Again, on the 42nd minute, did really well to kind of fashion the space, but. Unfortunately, again, that shot was just straight down Vickers' throat. He really got a hold of it, though. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, straight at the, the goalkeeper. And that's about it for my notes from the first half. Was there anything anything you didn't think I'd cover or anything you, you recognise, Rich? No, I think I think that's probably a fair summary of things. Um, they were, you know, they, they were sort of rolling the dice on us, catching them in behind. And I think we cu- we were catching them in behind. We cu- caught them out a few times. It's notable, given that I think their last four games, they'd scored nine and conceded none. 
it was notable in that first half how little of a threat they posed to us at all. I know mm. we had that early Ladapo moment, but outside of that, they really didn't get anything going. They couldn't really break us. It was a, in some ways, it was similar to the Wigan game. They they just couldn't. They couldn't even build the start of a move. They just barely got beyond the halfway line for that first half. So lots of things working well. Just unfortunately, we didn't take uh, take the chances that we've made. Hmm. <clears throat> and then second half, I mean, I mean, the point that they felt that they need to make needed to make a substitution. In yeah, this was an interesting sub. So I think I think what happened was they substituted a another big chap for more of more of a ball player in Rathbone, um, and. Because I think, by and large, our answer to Smith was to let him win the ball, and then we'd sweep up the second ball, and we did that really effectively. Obviously, Byers and Luongo really help in that regard because they both read think, read the ball very well, the bounce of the ball very well, and they're, and they're both very combative in the way that they play. Um, but I think second half with Rathbone, that was I think he was really brought on to help them gather the ball in those situations and maybe punish us with second balls and things like that um, because they had, yeah, part of the reason they'd not made any headway is we'd just, we'd manage Smith and then take the ball and, and start our own attack. And that, that got a bit harder second half, it's got to be said, with the introduction of Rathbone. Um, beginning of the second half, the 50th minute, we break. And uh, it was Patterson and Mendes Lang kind of gambling with a few balls, kind of pinging them off Richard Wood. Mm. Got it in on the... Uh, on the left wing to Patterson, whose uh, whose cross was blocked across, and it was just a little bit heartbreaking. I'm not entirely sure what else they could have done in that situation, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah, people were angry, mad about that, really mad. And I didn't know what Patterson could do. Really, it never really felt like it was a chance for him to shoot, particularly, and it would have been on his left foot. So I don't know how good really that 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 is for him. Um, and then. Yeah, he tried to play the cross, but it was well defended. I think Richard Wood really, to be fair to him, <laughs> despite his his uh, increasing years, um, he uh, he did a really good job there in in recovering. I've just noticed that the different gravy uh, podcast <laughs> our Twitter account has just been followed by Topsy the cat, uh, which is uh, a real privilege. Thank you, Topsy. <laughs> Just distracting mid uh, mid conversation, but uh, it's really nice that the the real breakout viral star of Sheffield Wednesday this season uh, has, has taken the time to follow different gravy's Twitter account. <laughs> what happened next, Luke? Uh, the fifty fourth minute, I thought is we had like a flurry of chances going from like corners, and uh, there was one moment I thought there was a really good return coming from one of those corners from Jordan Story, like he managed to whip in a. Yeah, whipping across really well, and then you know once again Patterson just loops a header over, which uh, <sighs> unfortunately is how it ha- kind of happens. And that is yeah. really my notes until um, the first Rotherham goal. Fifty uh, seventh minute, strange corner decision. Very very strange corner decision. I've heard this since. I didn't really pick that up at the time, but I've since. Uh... I've seen people, I've seen some chatter. So what happened? So I'm not sure who it was from Rotherham putting the cross. It kind of hung in the air. It looked like it was pretty kind of flat along the line. Obviously, Peacock Farrell claims it, but he claims it obviously on oh, the pitch. That one? Yeah. And it's one of the, like, the really funny thing was it, it 
Framing and directing and however you edit shots sometimes is very damning. It was very yeah. damning to go to this linesman who looks like he's about 12 with a bit All of right. a frown on his face extending his flag. And I'm there looking at it like, I genuinely don't think you believe you actually saw what you think you saw. Yeah. And also, like, I mean, it is technically possible that that can happen. A ball can swerve out of play and then come back yeah. onto play after, I guess, but whatever block it was. But genuinely, like, who is like who is talented enough to put that in a position even with a block where that happens? Yeah. Like, it's... I don't know. I'm sure it's happened, but it, it, I'm sure it doesn't happen as often as referees call it. So... Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think that that was a corner at all. Well, he called it late, didn't he? Like, he called it once it was in Bailey Peacock Farrell's hands, which was... Like, if it had been out, you probably would have had your flag up already, right? After yeah. it's caught by the keeper, then it's on the pitch from that point on. So, yeah, very weird. And if he's spotted something at that stage, he's seeing it through a, two lots of netting and all those bodies. <sighs> anyway, so, yeah, so they get the free kick, but the, the, the corner that they shouldn't have had, it sounds like. <laughs> And then I, I must, like, there's two goals here. One which really, really annoys me and one which I just have to take my hat off to. And this is the one I've taken my hat off to. It's a really, it's a fantastic corner routine. <laughs> yes, hmm. but should the shortest man on their team be getting a free header in our box? Like, that feels like an abject failure of our defending. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't think it takes away from a good idea and great execution. I mean, if you're going to snooze on a player when when Rotherham have a team full of absolute giants, you're going to leave that little guy probably if you've got to make make a choice. So why not play it to him? That's fair enough. And and his his header was great. Ladapo did a good job tapping it in at the near at the um, the near post, but. It's just well, it's another it's another set piece goal that we've conceded. It's just I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I thought it was really well executed. It's it's a it was. it's such a beautiful ball from whoever took the corner. Yeah. Um, it was, Great. It was Giles. Way to it. Giles, who comes in yeah. and just runs in with the perfect pace, meets it fantastically, and yeah. then you know a bit of fortune with the touch on from Ladapo, but. Really, you know, much of a damage is done at that point. Yeah, I, it is a very good goal. I'll put it that way from a Rotherham perspective. Yeah, I the think thing that's that, fair enough. I think the that's thing that just breaks just... my heart is it's it's out of nowhere. It's completely undeserved. We were on top. Yeah, um, their first shot on target. Their first shot on target's in, and it just feels like a mountain to climb from there. Because I I think mentally, Wednesday have shown a bit more kind of mental resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, but this still feels like a hammer blow. I would say. Well, we've seen this game, haven't we? We've been we've played this game at least a half dozen times this season where we are the better team, we're on top, we don't grab our goal when we're on top and the first time they look at our goal they score. It's happened so many times this season. But this is unfortunate. I know I get that, but this is also like it feels like a different vibe because this is um this isn't a case of us being in great chances and then spurning those chances. There are some decent chances. Well, but maybe the, the overall thing is like there's the shooting boots to be put in a situation where you should be doing better. This feels like 
a severe lack of shooting boots. Yeah. The shooting boots shooting boots were back in the in the changing room today. Like every opportunity to put it straight down the throat of Vickers. Like there's just no testing. There's we no, there's we no did one... that like yeah, we did that three or four times. Oh, we did that three or four times in that first half, didn't we? Yeah, I would I would say even maybe five times. Really, it just it yeah, felt maybe, maybe so, it may well have been. It may well have so been. often. And that was yeah. that was kind of, and then that kind of continued into the second half. Like, yeah. um, I mean, from the well, actually, the, there was a really actually. Let's say actually, here's probably the best shot, and then that was Baron's Baron's free kick on the 60th minute. Yeah, yeah, he hit that very well, and that was a really good save by Vickers. That it was, was I, I, that's uh, that deserved to go in. I'm gonna be honest. That was such a good yeah, hit. and disappointing that he. He got a got a hand to it, and then you know some more weird linesman calls because apparently there's, an, there's an offside yes. from there following there, and I'm like, this is just ridiculous. I don't think anybody touched it. No, well, he, he ran onto it, but I I don't think it it was never an offside. I don't know how you would have thought it's that. Bizarre that I, offside was just not the thing. That, yeah, yeah, offside didn't come into it. Isn't it another phase of play after the keeper makes a save anyway? Probably. <sighs> It, that just felt like an abject, like getting the rules wrong, just yeah. getting it. Yeah. When did at what point did Byers has Byers been booked at this stage, or is he not booked yet? Uh, that's the next point I've actually got to come. Okay, on. okay. Third minute. Actually, there, there's a weird thing. I thought the linesmen the <laughs> the linesmen were poor today. Yeah. But I, I thought Drysdale was was okay as a manager. Sorry, as a referee. Oh, I don't know. I really felt like. I mean, I know I'm in a partisan. Crowd. I really felt like he they gave they got everything every single time they went down it got given and we got very very little, mm, which I can also agree with. And then because I think we were three one on fouls after the first half and mm. one there hadn't been four fouls and two it was not that uneven. Mm. And he didn't book any Rotherham players, did he? No, no, he didn't. No. <clears throat> But I don't, I don't think like, they did anything that cynical. But I don't think they did well, anything enough to because I, I felt the yellows that we we took were pretty. Hodge, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought Byers was deserved. Like it, it you know, I, it was one that here the moment I'm like, mm, and then I went back and watched the replay, and I'm like, mm, that's kind of right. Fair. Okay, because I thought it looked like in full full pell, it looked like he'd done a really good job with the tackle it was almost there it was slightly off i think weirdly he didn't book patterson when he should have there was, mm. there was definitely a moment where patterson should have got yellow and he didn't when he absolutely just smashed the goalie out of sheer frustration what a, do you i guess the interesting thing was I'd, I'd love to know like if they had the sky commentary whether there was any kind of bias there because i just had the you know the the one chap on the international feed who sounds pretty disinterested with himself oh, yeah. and his wife, and then and then also that, that extends to extends to League One football. Um, <laughs> but I I mean so they didn't make a point of there was one occasion I think Bannon was it Bannon had a shot that was uh, blocked but maybe hit some arms okay. from whoever was defending that. Yeah, from the there was a kind of crazy moment, was there? We tried to really give it a good go, didn't we, after that, conceding that first goal? We did. It was sort of we all did, Wednesday to be fair. for a period of time. Yeah. Well, so much of this game was Wednesday, and that's a disappointing thing. We've come it out was, with, for calls. Yeah, but we really were... Yeah. But there was a real, like, 
you know, there was an upping of the ante when we'd already been the best team. Mm. We, 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 we went, we sort of upped it a notch. And that kind of continued until Hunt went off. We kind of lost the place after Hunt. I thought that was off. a strange substitution. Don't think we ever really. Very odd. Very odd. I knew very you weird, could kind of see why because it's, you keep, the th- you keep the threat of Mendes Lang and you add, hopefully, the ju- the sort of fox-in-the-box element of Canberra. Mm, okay, well, there's something, we'll put a pin in that because there's something I want to come to as well. <laughs> anyway, so 63, okay. Byers picks up a yellow, I says, deserved, it wasn't the best challenge. Okay. 66-minute, uh, Johnson did really well to put in a low, great low cross and Bergeson put it behind. Um, the resulting yeah. corner, we got another corner. That was the one where, like, Patterson looked to uh, kind of just hook it back in. Into into the yes. center and they put it behind again, which is like ah, oh, annoyingly close, agonizing. And then yeah. we tried a really clever move, a little bit similar to the clever move that Rotherham did. Bannon puts it in <laughs> on an absolute plate Back for Hunt, who scuffs it over, and it was just agonizing. Oh, Such a bad finish. It was. It was. It was. Seventy-first minute. It really minute. worked well. It did. It did. And just. Yeah, just completely the wrong finish. Completely the wrong way to meet the ball. Bad. Very bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 71st minute, Hutchinson absolutely nails one of their players and deservedly picks up a yellow. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, Hutch did deserve that yellow. That thing we put a pin in about Mendes Lang looking like a threat. 73rd minute, Mendes Lang's played in, in the clear. But two things here I'm going to offer you, Rich. One, <laughs> the pitch really didn't help him. To, to give some kudos. Awful. Like, there was like a bounce that just completely robbed the pace of the ball and his advantage. Mm. And then two, he's looking tired at this stage. He was, he, he was, was he also did in that look situation. like he really had an idea in terms of approaching the goalkeeper, you know, like, yeah, normally I, th- I think, I think good strikers have a, what they want to do and where they want to move the keeper to make that happen in those situations. And his was very much, I'm just going to run and then kick it as hard as I can and hope for the best. Like he wasn't trying to chip it over the goalie or curl it around mm. the goalie or go around the goalie. He just sort of hit it and hoped. And it went like so many a Wednesday shot today, uh, straight out of the goalie. And was that Ladapo <laughs> who was like rushing back on his kind of left? I have no idea. Sorry. No worries, but uh, I thought it was, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's some good." No, that's industry. pretty. Yeah, that's pretty. But then, good I mean, you was. know, Patterson did show a lot of industry to get back for some for some pieces for Wednesday, so I guess there's a bit of that. But then, yeah, it was just when he smashed Ladapo. When he smashed Ladapo, and yeah. yeah, no, just a bad finish straight at the keeper. Patterson tried to rush in, yeah, but he was kind of crowded out at that stage. I loved his. I loved how determined he was to make sure a body part of his touched that ball and aimed it goalwards. Like he was just, there was nothing going to stand between him and making that moment happen. <laughs> Cause he's like, there's, I think he like dragged three men along with him. He's down on the floor and somehow managed to sort of poke it goalwards. But um, unfortunately, yeah, nothing came of that either. Mm. And then uh, what else can I tell you? I mean, well, at this point, this is when Hunt comes off for so. Yeah. So there's a bit of uh, there's a bit of timeline with all this. Um, everybody. You're so, right. Sorry, it was it, yeah, it was so rather than Canberra, wasn't it? Canberra was later. Canberra was later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it maybe should have been Canberra. This point in the game, I'll tell you everybody what happened here. So I was telling Rich about this before we started the podcast. So I had I really hate the 12 p.m. kickoffs. 
from an expat time frame. This is a 5 a.m. kickoff. It's on a Sunday. The commitment we do for doing this podcast is just crap for me, but oh well. And I just midday. from a pat pat time frame, it's a pain in the ass as well. To be fair, it, it's just bad all around, isn't it? It's like the twelve, yeah. The midday games are just nightmares. So anyway, that would be five a.m. Mountain Standard Time. So I got up at six with the ability to watch it through the zone. The zone's feed finished at that point, so it like the whole length of it after it runs after after it finishes the game just runs on for a bit. So it stopped which then meant that where I was had to be reset. So I had to go and try and guess where in the timeline of the event where the game was. <laughs> and I managed to jump forward to 90 plus three at this point. So I was probably about 40 minutes behind the UK. Oh, yeah. So at that point, then I found out that we'd conceded a second goal. So anyway, I went back and then basically just kind of, I'll be honest at this point, I, I kind of skipped forward through to where the goal was. Yeah. Um, so, you know what I said earlier about one really good goal and one goal that really annoys me? This is the one. This is, a, <laughs> yes. this is a spawny fucking goal. Like, he did not, like, I don't care if Michael Smith has scored 50 goals I thought it was a good finish. Season. I thought he swung his fucking boot at it and he was fucking fortunate. Maybe. Lucky Maybe. bastard. But another bad set piece, another second ball that we don't deal with. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, it's all a bit soft. It's all a bit soft. It's all a bit easy. And that would have been the thing. I think if we'd managed to get a goal or, you know, get a foothold in the game in that way, that would have been the thing is, can we stop ourselves giving away these free kicks? And I don't think we would have. I think we're all, we were always going to be open to this threat from, from, uh, from Rotherham and we've not been good at set pieces all season and that's not changed. It's not going to change. We, yeah. Um, the, the sort of, Thumping inevitability of it was uh, was uh, yeah ho- wholly depressing. Once it came, I don't think you missed too much in terms of your skipping because no, really we we lost any semblance of looking like a team or any build up play. We lost that once Hunt went off. Um, not the Hunt was the be all and end all, but I think we stopped trying to go through the phases and we just started lumping it forward and we didn't have the personnel to do it. Typical of Wednesday, uh, our losses don't just come in terms of the scoreline, but we it looks like we're going to lose Nathaniel Mendes-Lang for a period of time as well. Really? I, I didn't... Uh, that was something I missed as well as part of this. He, yeah, he reached out to control the ball and um, immediately was holding his hamstring um, uh, and went off looking very, very depressed. Uh, so I would be, I'd be so surprised if we see him again any time in the next month or so. Uh, so not only have we taken the the L in terms of uh, the result at the end of the day, we also have lost uh, one of our, our best players, unfortunately, which just seems to be the way of things at the moment. Um, in addition to whatever result we get, we also lose lose another body or two. Uh, so yeah, so Mendes Lang, hopefully not. Hopefully, you know, he's just being cautious. But when somebody has nobody anywhere anywhere near them and then they end up sitting down and then coming off, generally it doesn't mean good things, does it? No. No, let's let's be honest. It's, uh... Oh, well, that's uh... so we... pretty bad news. So, sorry to break that terrible news for you. Um, we shuffled, so the, the, the results, so he'd, he'd moved out to the right when So came on. Um, we shuffled the pack again when he went off so that Patterson went out to right wing back and um, 
Canberra came on and whatever issues we were having in terms of trying to set things up previously got even worse. Like there was just, it was just so disjointed and just really bad. Obviously Rotherham are now fully committed to time wasting. The referee, as per usual, does nothing to stop that time wasting and seems to even kind of add to it somehow. Um, there's a bit where he was like walking alongside one of their players, their third and final sub. He's walking alongside him, telling him off kind of thing. And it's like, you know that you talking to him is allowing him to draw yeah. this out even longer. You know, yeah. if he, if he, if it matters, chuck a yellow card at them, you know, that, that would speed it up a bit. Um, but I always think as well, I, I think there should be a rule change that the player coming on gets the yellow in that case. Because what benefit is it to us that a player on the bench has now got a yellow card? They're wasting the time against us. Yeah. And the punishment is for some point in the future. So I think it should be the, the sub coming on that gets the yellow. Anyway, there we go. That's my little soapbox moment. Oh, anything, any more? Any, any more from the... Um, no, that's literally it for bu- me. I'm going to bu- be honest. Of Perth? No more Perth, no. No, it's all... I'm all out of Perth. No more just, just more, Just more vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah di- I mean di- a disappointing result but a, a, it was a good performance by and large um, it's a shame to see some of those old those old traits coming back to haunt us after our run of clean sheets um, to know that we still have that kind of soft underbelly when it comes to to set pieces um, but there they're a good team. They're top of the league for a reason. They're very, very effective. Uh, that's how you win the league, isn't it? You play pretty badly, but you get a result from it. You come away with, with the points. And at the end of the day, it doesn't actually matter how you play as long as you win. Um, and the fact that we played well is some sucker for ourselves, but it's not, you know, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't cut any mustard in terms of the league table at the end of the day. Um, and this was a good opportunity. Other teams didn't do very well yesterday. This would have been a chance to really put ourselves in amongst it. I know that's psychological more than anything at this stage, but mm. typical Wednesday not to grab that opportunity when it comes. But I don't think it was for want of trying. I don't think it was a lack of effort. Um, maybe a bit of a failure of technique at times, but I'm not disappointed in the game. You know, in the way we played, I, I'm fairly proud of Wednesday and and how we put, how the team how the players played. What do you think? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like it's 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 looking it's looking quite good. I mean, it is sad to lose Mendes Lang, but I mean maybe if, oh, yeah maybe if the positives of that is that we try something else up front. I don't know. I saw more talking about Berahino in the press, and you know he owes a big, lofty favor to to his mate Darren. Oh, um, he does. Seem to be giving the the mentality and giving the the rhetoric of that. Basically, it seems that the physicality of this league has kind of surprised him, and seem to be saying that when he gets a chance, he'll be chomping at the bit. I hope so, because okay. yeah. Because, like, it's looking bad up front. It's looking really, really bad, especially with the injuries. Yeah. I, who knows yeah. when Gregory is going to be back? I mean, we, they seem to be making noises about a lot of players coming back. But, I mean, the, the players that seem to be coming back seem to be largely, like, talking about Dunkley and Iorfa. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, yeah. That, that's fine. But, I mean, there doesn't feel great struggle there right now. You know, like, that's not where we're, I don't no. think the, the spine of a team is really good. 
it's just that forward finishing options right now are really bad. Yeah, but I wouldn't say no to Iotha dropping in to the middle of that three. I don't know who you, <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to. I, I think, I think it's been I'd find fairly decent. Palmer and put uh, put and play story Iotha and Hutch. Probably that would be my three. Sure. Um. Anyway, let's. Who let's, do you, yeah. you want to say? Like looking at this team. I mean, a weird way. I guess we've got to pick someone who's uh, our boo boy. What was that? what is our opposite? I know, man, villain of the yeah, villain of the piece. Villain of the piece. I'm gonna go Patterson. I'd say fair enough. I just I the don't pitch. know the pitches. The groundsman. The groundsman. <laughs> the linesmen's linesmen. Yeah, lines peoples. Lines good. folks. Lines folks. And yeah, the witches are linesmen. I don't know who had specific marking jobs, but the failure of two set pieces feels like. Maybe we should point a finger at a defender or two as well. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it is... But, they they made a point, I think, in the commentary to say we conceded 13 times, I think, prior to the goals from set pieces. So now we've conceded 15 right. times. But I think also they said Rotherham have scored something like 20 times this season from set pieces. Yeah, it looks. I could, I'm not surprised. Yeah. They look like they have someone that can take them and... Uh, and and the bodies to, to really make it count. Mm. So yeah, fair dues. Oh, imagine being dangerous from set pieces, Luke. Can you imagine it? I've seen it before, but it's been a long time. It's been a long time since uh, oh. since like the League One promotion campaign and Rob Jones. Re- Reader and Rob Jones. Yeah, just, just uh, absolutely mullering people in the process. And Chris Lines' floaty corners to feed them. Exactly. Gobble them up in the exactly. middle. Oh, those were the days. I'd have Chris Lines back as a corner. Corner, cornersman, cornersman, <laughs> a corner, a corner folk. As as we record this on Super Bowl Sunday, yeah, he's only just retired, hasn't he? He was, he had a really um, long long tail to his his career. Good for good for Chris him. Chris Lawrence on yeah. this pooper hole Sunday. Yeah, so I guess that's it. Um, mm. It's one of the the I think people going into this week, lots of people said, oh, two points would not be too bad. Four points would be sort of ideal. Three points were kind of ended up between the two stools of those of those two uh, <coughs> predicaments. But I by stools you mean poop, right, Rich? By, by poop, yeah, between the poops. I don't think it's the worst. Uh, coming off that, you know, looking ahead of it and saying, okay, we've, we're playing the top two in the league. Mm. Getting three points out of those two games is not terrible. And if we'd drawn them both, it might have felt better because we were undefeated, but we'd have less points. So I can't be too disheartened by the week of work, I think. What will make a big difference, though, is how we do in the next couple of games, because we've got two games we really should be looking to win uh, in Accrington and uh, Donny back-to-back. And... If we win those two as well, then in retrospect, getting three from the top two, three, three points from playing the top two back to back, feels like an an okay result. If we're able to add another six points on top of it, if we go and struggle in those games, which unfortunately we have done previously against teams we should be beating, um, that's a different thing altogether, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. But um, yeah, something I think. I think onwards and upwards. Let's try not to be too disheartened. Uh, I hope the team don't feel like this is a kind of. I don't think there's a need for too much soul searching. We were, we would like, we were inches away in a 
you know, in a race that goes for miles. Uh, and unfortunately, yeah, the those slight measurements weren't in our favour today, but they will be on other days. And I think Darren Moore has said the classic, you know, we'll play worse than that and win, uh, which definitely is the case. We've, we, we've played worse than that and won this season already. So, yeah, I'm not too not too disheartened going into the week ahead. And uh, I'll, I'll, a win in the next game would really make make things feel a lot nicer. Good stuff. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's wrap it up. Um, yeah, look after yourself, uh, Luke. Look after yourself, folks at home. Um, it's a scary world out there. Stay safe. And we'll, uh, we'll talk again next week. Cheerio. See you, Rich. Have a good everyone.